What a beautiful, beautiful day it is to be alive today. I would like to extend a big warm welcome to every person tuning in to BOW's fourth episode. I can't believe we're already one month into the podcast and I'm so excited for this week's EP. As I was preparing content for for this episode, I um I realized that I wrote down big warm welcome in my draft and and that in itself took me down a rabbit hole. Um, and I started thinking about how amazing it would be if if a hearty greeting such as a big warm welcome if it was a real thing and, and not just something that we say to each other in the figurative sense and personally when I imagined a physical representation of a big warm welcome I I saw myself giving someone else a warm chocolate cupcake or a double chocolate chip cookie as a way of welcoming them and I think those two representations came to me because of, of how much I love them and and I just feel as though the world would be a much happier place if if people welcomed each other with with a small item um, based on their physical interpretation of of a big warm welcome and as I said it took me down a rabbit hole and and to be honest with you guys I, I sometimes wonder how I think of this stuff but <laughs> As I've said previously, if, if something comes to mind when I'm preparing for these podcasts or when I'm talking live, I I want to be 100% myself and, and share them with you because I don't think it's fair if I'm promoting authenticity and vulnerability if, if I can't express those things myself. And my biggest advice to anyone who's listening to this is do what makes you happy. Who cares who is looking and judging and pointing and even if you're Justin Bieber or Celine Dion or Snoop Diddy Dog or, or Snoop Lion or whatever he calls himself these days, someone's going to have something to say so just be you and from my personal experience I found that when I learned to be comfortable in my own skin I was very unhappy a few years ago not like as in in terms of unhappy with life and everything in life but I, I didn't know how to express myself and because of that I wasn't truly happy and for me now I've learned if something comes to mind I say it regardless of how crazy or goofy it might come across to someone else um, of course I take into account whether I'm hurting someone's feelings or if I'm saying something that might come across as rude or offensive but I try and be me 100% of the time and I feel like more people are receptive to the way I am now than what I was three or four years ago and if I'm at the gym and a good beat comes on I, I don't really care busting out some dance moves or singing out loud on the gym floor and People either shake their head and they roll their eyes at me and walk away or the majority of people they smile and we end up having a conversation so just be yourself and I don't know about you guys but I can't believe that 
the middle of September's nearly here and this year's been an absolute roller coaster for me with selling my house late last year and then wanting to go to New York this year and then COVID happening and then me coming back here and it's been an absolute schmozzle but but I wouldn't take it back and I'm, I'm so grateful for, for all the experiences I've had and as they say, time flies. Um, so here's a fun fact for you guys. Well, hang on, actually thinking about it, it's, it's not really fun, but it's a fact. So I just said time flies and when someone says time flies, this is an example of an idiom. And for anyone who's listening to this and who's interested, an idiom is spelt I-D-I-O-M, and this is a definition from the Webster Dictionary. An idiom is a phrase or an expression that, that is figurative and non-literal in meaning. So in my own words, I understood that essentially the words in an idiom don't mean what they would normally mean. So you guys understand that time doesn't fly and know that time flies is another way of saying time passes by very quickly. Um, another example of an idiom is um, when a maths teacher or an English teacher tells a student, you hit the nail on the head. Um, obviously, the kid's not hitting anything on the head. They're not hitting a nail on the head. It's just another way of saying that the student's response is spot on. And, and I actually thought about this for a little bit in terms of what my favorite idiom is and it's probably get off my back um, which is another way of saying stop bothering me and not because I use not because I use it myself but I remember back in high school I would always ask this one teacher a thousand questions about any test exam assignment and and I, I'm not joking I milked this teacher for so many years and any, anywhere I saw him, he was on the way to class, I was there. He was on playground duty, I'd attack him. He was on the way to bus duty, I'd interrupt him. Even sometimes when it was like close to end of yearly exams or we had a big assignment due, I would go to the staff room a few times a week to try and milk him for some more information. And, and I'll never forget this one day when I was asking him question after question after question after question. And he just stopped me. He goes to me, son, you're killing me. You've got to get off my back and let me breathe. Um, and look, for me, I wasn't expecting the response because of how patient he had been, but we had the biggest laugh. And from that moment on, he became my favorite teacher because it made me realize how much he cared for me and for his students and and how patient he'd been all along for him to just, he didn't really snap, but he was just like, man, you've just got to get off my back and let me breathe. And I feel like he put up with a lot of my shit over the years. So I was grateful to have him. And this is why get off my back is my my favorite idiom um and look now that we've had some fun i want to take this opportunity to express gratitude to the universe for the 
the good ass prana I'm breathing in right now and prana is P-R-A-N-A. It's just another way of saying the universal energy. Um, and the reason may not be obvious, but I'm grateful for my breathing because without it, I wouldn't be here. I would be hopefully in a beautiful box that would be lowered six to seven feet under the ground. Um, and earlier this week, I, I was having a deep conversation with someone I met on on my morning walk and I don't normally use this word but me and this dude were really vibing um, he had a very strong aura about him he had an amazing outlook on life and, and we had similar views when it came to spirituality and psychology and, and we're bouncing ideas off each other and deep into the conversation we got onto the topic of what the most important things in life are for each of us and he started saying my family, my health, um, his business was important and he's a wine connoisseur so in a smart assy way he said drinking good wine obviously. And then he flipped the question on to me and, and asked Ed what's the most important thing in your life and, and I gave him my cheeky grin and I said without a doubt the most important thing in my life no question about it is my breathing and and he burst out into laughter because he'd never thought about breathing from that angle and I said to him look man I agree family and friends and income and a house they're all important but the most fundamental thing in every person's life is their breathing because without it they'd be dead so they couldn't really experience life and if you or I or someone else was to take their last breath right this moment, we'd be dead after two or three minutes, depending on on how efficiently your body can um, process oxygen. Um, the term is body's oxygen uptake. Um, and this is the reason why I'm grateful for breathing in that good ass prana, baby. Um, and look, there's a reason why I'm talking about breathing because this is going to be the leeway for the next part of this EP. And, and I want to dive a little bit deeper and ask you guys some questions centered on the concept of breathing. And the first question is, do you ever think about how amazing it is to breathe? Secondly, do you ever think about how amazing that our breath happens naturally? Do you ever worry about your next breath? When you go to sleep at night, are you scared that your breathing will stop in the middle of the night? Or do you think it's going to continue fine and do you expect to wake up in the morning fresh and healthy? And look, the reason I'm asking this is because if you don't have a medical condition where they are monitoring your health and your breathing and your heart rate, most of us don't really think about this fundamental aspect of life and this is because breathing happens naturally our respiration happens naturally um, there's an intelligence within you and I and every single person on this planet that takes care of the breathing and the heart rate and the digestion and the blood pressure and the reproduction and the reason I brought up breathing is because so many of us take it for granted for me, I expect my next breath to be here, but is it really guaranteed? 
well, it's not guaranteed, but I, I'm not thinking about it while I'm making this podcast. I'm just breathing. <laughs> so I must ask you guys, if we are not scared about the most important element of life, our breathing, then why are so many of us scared to live a vibrant, genuine, and purposeful life? Why are so many of us living as mice when we really do have the capabilities of lions and lionesses to go after our dreams to tackle the shit out of them and make them happen? Why are so many of us blaming others for our mishaps and complaining about our lives and, and chasing after insignificant goals? when we should be fiercely stalking our dreams the way a tiger would stalk its prey and and I'm not having a go at you guys personally I'm just talking generally and why are so many of us waiting and, and hoping and hoping that someone or something is just going to appear from the heavens and it's going to give us more opportunities and more happiness when in reality it's up to you and me and every other person to evolve to these higher planes of consciousness and joy which means we have to work and the reason why so many of us live life in drips and drabs and don't aim higher and don't pursue our dreams with tenacity and ferociousness is because of the two types of fear that I said I'm going to speak about this EP and they are fear of rejection and fear of humiliation, shame, and worthlessness. So to really understand them, I want to dive even a bit deeper and ask you guys the question. So where does this fear of rejection, humiliation, shame, and worthlessness emanate from? Where does it come from? Well, most of it comes from the ego's need to feel emotionally safe and unchallenged. Look, as I said during the last EP, fear is inherent to every person. We need it. It's our defense mechanism against physical harm and death. But what we've got to understand is that almost all the fear we experience today, it's got nothing to do with physical threat. Absolutely nothing. We are the ones who are responsible for perverting fear into a tool for the ego's protection. So essentially, we've blown our need to feel safe out of context just to protect our egos so we can feel more emotionally comfortable. Let me give you an example. So one of the most feared things is public speaking. So when someone says, I'm afraid of public speaking, obviously they don't mean that they're afraid of being attacked or shot by someone from the audience. What they mean is that they are afraid of making mistakes. They are afraid of poor delivery. They are afraid of making a fool of themselves. They are afraid of being judged by others. Fear in this situation has no association whatsoever with actual danger, but a need to avoid rejection, shame, humiliation, and worthlessness to ensure that they are emotionally comfortable. So if the person who is afraid of public speaking, if they were to speak more accurately, they wouldn't have said, I'm afraid of public speaking. Instead, they would say something like, I'm afraid of how I will feel emotionally, or I'm afraid of not doing my best, or I'm afraid of not meeting the expectations of the people who gave me this opportunity to come on stage and speak. 
And if you listen very carefully in each of these statements, the person does not begin with fear is controlling the situation or fear is controlling me. Instead, they are beginning each statement with the word I. I am afraid. I, 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 which always means the ego is leading the way. It's overseeing the whole damn situation and public speaking itself is not scary. It's how we think and feel about being on stage in front of others that elicits the fear. So this leads me to my next question. Is the ego's need to feel security and comfort? Is, is it a genetic predisposition? Um, in other words, what I'm saying here, are some people more driven to feel fear than other people? And, and the answer is a big fat no. There is, there is no evidence in the literature which suggests that some are genetically cursed or which suggests that there is a personality trait that permanently condemns one person to experience more fear than another person. Look, even, even if a person has a predisposition for anxiety, which is very prominent in the literature, for people to have these predispositions if their mums and dads had them. But even then, anxiety can be switched on and off if you train yourself to be conscious about your thinking and discipline in breaking unhealthy habits for healthier ones. And if one person experiences more fear than another person, it is due to either number one, social conditioning, or number two, poor application of their mental faculties. I'll repeat that again. Number one, social conditioning. Number two, poor application of their mental faculties. So people who experience fear because of social conditioning, we've got to look at their past. They were shaped by their past. And their past was that horrible that it elicited fear, which in turn, resulted in a fear-driven present. Um, and if we look at the research, people in this category, they had critical parents. Their parents were very critical. Their friends bullied them. Um, or they worked for a number of bosses who were authoritarian in nature. It was their way or the highway. They spoke down on them and they made them feel very insignificant. Again, people in this category they were essentially around people who who urged them to be cautious and, and harm them, um, whether this was done intentionally or unintentionally, but there was a lot, a lot of trauma caused for these people. And, and the literature suggests, strongly suggests that they became weak and timid and fear became a natural way for them. And if I was to talk to you in psychological terms, as a psychologist, I would say that they became habituated to feeling fear because of how often they felt it. And the word habituated simply means that you got used to or accustomed to something. And the research time and time again, it's showing that overprotective parents, they're unintentionally hurting their kids. They're unintentionally conditioning their kids to feel fear. Um, this is true of the mum who is constantly urging her child to be careful every single turn that they take and they are playing and exploring honey be careful okay it's very normal for children to explore their surroundings it's what children do it's part of growing up and if the mum's always saying honey 
please be careful. Honey, don't go there. Honey, don't do this. Honey, it's dangerous. Honey, please stop. Um, it makes sense that the child's going to grow up and become fearful. Um, and there are significant consequences that that take place when a child is constantly being warned of dangers that that don't exist. They only exist in, in the mother's mind and she's projecting that onto the son. And we know that kids who are raised by critical parents, they grow up lacking strong coping mechanisms. Um, they become overly dependent on their parents. They, they have higher risk of psychological disorders such as panic disorders and phobias. Um, and if you really peel it back, panic disorders and phobias are, are most often driven by fear and the belief that the world is a scary place which stems from childhood experiences. Um, look, another example which illustrates social conditioning is, is when a partner belittles their spouse um, and does not encourage them to take their business ideas to the next level or does, does not support them to follow in their dreams and you often hear say, partners saying, oh they used to abuse me emotionally, they used to um, say nasty things like that's a stupid idea or it's bound to fail or it's too difficult for you. you you are not equipped with the right skills to do this um, and if the unsupported partner internalizes these comments which in a lot of cases people do because they are not trained enough to challenge them and challenge their beliefs um, they are highly likely to develop trust issues in future relationships and and avoid taking risks in the context of say a business idea because they are that scared that they're gonna fail and, and they believe that they are not good enough essentially. So as I said before, there are two categories. The first is social conditioning and although fear is often socially cued and conditioned, most of the fear we experience actually falls in the second category and and that is we experience fear more frequently than, than others because essentially we're not effectively using our mental faculties. A lot of us are not doing this properly. Um, as I said before, we are, we are lions and lionesses. We can, we can move mountains, we can fly over mountains. We've sent man to the moon before people said, oh, you can't sprint 100 meters under 10 seconds and now everyone's doing it. But although we are all endowed with the power to achieve greatness, I feel like we're a generation that, that's going backwards despite all the technology we have. We're too busy with our phones and we're too busy watching Netflix and we're too busy discussing topics that are not gonna help us grow and they're not challenging us and and to be honest with you, I feel like most of us are not motivated and disciplined to work on chipping away at our fears. And this sounds crazy, but it's like if you have a fire extinguisher to extinguish a fire and you choose to not pick it up. So when your house is on fire, you think, oh man, I can't be bothered today. I've got to pick up, pick it up. It's too much effort. Then I have to aim and then I have to clean up. It's I'm not going to do it. Um, and this is essentially, if you um, extrapolate that to fears, we have the tools 
and a lot of us have the awareness we know we are scared of certain things but we just we just ignore it and I want every person listening to this right now to really reflect on these two questions I'm about to ask and be very very honest with your reflection um, look the question may elicit negative feelings such as anger and self-blame and frustration you might even be like look fuck you Eddie because of the question and you might feel resentful towards me for asking them but I'm not here to attack you I'm, I'm, I'm here to help you grow but I do want to challenge you at the same time because growth cannot happen without being challenged and I'm not talking about challenge in terms of me blaming you or speaking down on you but presenting information like I am today to hopefully make you think a bit deeper um, and look if this happens to you if you do feel anything negative come up please know I really care for you you are very loved and very cared for and I want you to stop the recording take a deep breath complete the mindfulness exercise I taught I taught you last week and then when you're ready resume the EP so the first question is how often do you sense worry coming but rather than preparing yourself to combat it with effective thinking with conscious thinking you just ignore it and you pick up your phone or your iPad to distract yourself or you turn on the TV or you start eating second question how often do you obsess on negative things and blow them out of proportion in your mind to the extent where they become so big and they cause you so much stress and anxiety and then soon after you find out it's actually not that big of a deal how often do these things happen to you and look for the majority of the people if you said it happens a lot then you're not alone because if you're someone who distracts themselves when they are worrying or when they sense that worry is coming or if you overthink a lot you're not alone in fact this happens so often and for so long for so many people that it becomes normal then they're no longer they are no longer aware that their thought patterns are even harmful to them they just live life thinking that it's normal and, and the thing is so many of us are actually afraid all the time but the scary part is we believe that we're helpless to do anything about it um, and, and this is where the issue actually comes up not because we are just afraid but we believe that's it fear's taken over our lives and and that's it there's nothing we can do and I want every single person listening to this I want I'm gonna say this ten times you can overcome your fear you can overcome your fear you can you can you can you can you can you can and you will if you put in the work and challenge yourself who cares what people say who cares who cares it only matters to you because of the ego because it feels it feels comfortable to not change things but you can and you will if you put in the work and you challenge yourself and all I'm asking for you to do is to be open and to be vulnerable because I honestly believe and I'm saying this because it's been my personal experience that 
the journey towards liberating yourself from fears, from trauma, from anything negative, it begins with an open heart. When you can say to the universe, look universe, I'm opening my heart to you. I'm gonna, whatever, whatever information you're giving me, I'm gonna follow my gut instinct and do it. And, and you know what your gut instinct feels like. And I want every single person to be so proud of themselves for being courageous for giving me feedback, for listening to the podcast, because I know I'm not talking about a straightforward, easy topic. I'm not talking about a concert that Ed Sheeran played. I'm not giving a review on a hair product or a chocolate product. It's, we're talking about a very, very challenging topic. And I know that the journey of self of self healing, it's not an easy one. Um, because I've experienced it myself and I am continuing to experience it and the more that I heal myself the easier it becomes the person who's a first year apprentice finds it very challenging to build an engine after five years of being a mechanic they'll build the engine in a quarter of the time and that's the same thing with training your mind yes it's very tedious, very challenging, very frustrating at first, but the more you do something and you are conscious of it and you are aware of it and you persist, the easier it becomes. So during next week's EP, it's going to be a continuation of what I've spoken today. But essentially, I'm going to go in a bit more depth into the notion that most of the fear we experience today is simply anxiety that arises from our anticipation of two kinds of pain that that essentially change might bring and that's the pain associated with our loss and pain that's associated with hardship and for those wondering why I haven't started giving techniques and tools to overcome fear this is all part of the process this is all part of my plan for Bites of Wisdom is to give you as much information and background information and break things down to you in as small a bits as possible so you can digest everything and, and this is part of the journey, part of healing, me presenting this information and you listening to the podcast five or six or seven times and letting it be immersed into your subconscious this is part of the process and I thank every single person so much for the time you are spending each week to listen to these podcasts to give me feedback it really 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 means a great deal to me because it drives me to push myself further every week and look even if I help one person I don't care I've helped one person and I've said this before, it's a bonus if that person then tells another person about one of the things they learn. For me, I've, I've achieved my task. I've spent 10 hours a week working on the podcast and I've helped one person. And I'm, I sleep very well at night knowing that I've done that. I'm sending an abundance of love and positivity and amazing food and hopefully a winning lottery ticket if you buy lottery tickets and as always never forget to smile and always always be kind no matter what bye for now and enjoy the weekend yeah
I did that because I was listening to Keith Urban beforehand and it's my take of a country song. Bye for now. <laughs>